Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that your girl is on Patreon. What else is going on podcast, aka Wego, W-E-I-G-O, is on Patreon. So if you feel so inclined and want to support your girl that way, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Wego podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wego podcast, W-E-I-G-O podcast. Now, if you don't want to be on a monthly recurring thing, I totally understand that. But if you want to support, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Wego, W-E-I-G-O. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash W-E-I-G-O. Because you know, a girl be trying to put in some work and a coffee could help me stay awake. So those are your two options. And if you don't want to do either of those things, if you could rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends, I would love that. Now, on to the episode. And the following podcast is a CJ Media Production. Welcome to the What Else Is Going On podcast, the intersection where pop culture life and real life meet up. Get ready to deep dive into all things reality TV and the dichotomy of loving the game, but not necessarily the players when they start to reflect real-life issues like deep-seated discrimination and a world rooted in racism. Feeling conflicted because I love... Clip! 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 And I also have to chant, Black Lives Matter. Buckle your seatbelts and brace yourselves because my foot is off the brake and this intersection gets busy. So come along for the ride so we can see what else is going on. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I have a special, 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 special guest. I'm looking at her. She is absolutely gorgeous. And I wore a red lip in honor of her. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I feel like she is Bravo and America's favorite friend. I know she's definitely become my favorite friend, Miss Escala Davis. Oh, wow. (laughs) What did I do to receive this amazing welcome? Thank you. I'm, I'm honored. I'm really thank you i'm humbled i appreciate that i'm so glad to be here and to chat so that we can you know further get to know each other yes it, it's mm-hmm. funny because i was telling a scholar that you know i live in maryland and we don't they know i don't normally do video so <laughs> we're not going to release the video but what y'all see on tv of a scholar <laughs> is what she looks like and she just came off a of vacation with her kids and her husband, your baby is your babies are absolutely gorgeous. All of them. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, a vacation with an infant and a toddler. Um, it, I don't know if we would fully call it a vacation, but yeah, it was great. It is. We not. made lasting memories. Yes. I think it's a yeah. vacation when it's you and the hubby, but it has to be more than a week. I mean, more than a weekend, but less than like seven days because you can right, get your right. full rest and then you can move on. Absolutely. I told my husband at this point, I could literally probably go down to whatever hotel down the street and just have a quiet room. And that's like a vacation for me. Because you don't hear mommy, mommy, fingers under the door. I used to tell my kids, the man that you walked past sitting on the couch, he doesn't work here. He's your dad. So you didn't have to follow me upstairs, put your fingers under the door to ask me for something. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so true. So before we jump in, I have to ask you this because I told two people 
And by two, I mean four that I was interviewing <laughs> you. <laughs> and the repeated thing that, and I don't normally do that, like source for questions, but it was about your fashion. And I was actually going to ask you about your fashion anyway, because I feel like there are people who the fashions wear them or the clothes wear them. And you can kind of tell that they're not comfortable, but you seem very comfortable in um, expressing yourself through fashion. Mm. So when did that start? Was it something that started when you were older? Yeah. Um, honestly, since I was very young, I've always just kind of had expressed myself through fashion. I just, it was just the norm. I remember trying on my godmother's heels and dressing up in her little suits and just really just loving how I felt in it. And so for me, it's more so the fashion is it's really about how you feel when you put something on and really dressing to your body. Not everything is all just because it's in style is gonna, or in, you know, it's a current trend is necessarily the best for you. Cause I put on stuff like, you know, I'm, I have, a mommy pouch now, you know, I'm not Miss Washboard Summit, you know, and nowadays the thing, the end thing is, you know, like full body suits, you know, skin tight, looking like, you know, you look like a wrestler, you know, essentially, Um, but that doesn't work for me, you know, but I could still be sexy, be confident and, you know, in stuff that works for me and for my body. Um, And I think as women, um, especially once become mothers, it's important to still remember who we are. And for me, mm-hmm. fashion was always important to me prior to having kids. Okay. And so um, still finding that, that Ascala after motherhood yes. um, is just what, why I continue to do it. It makes me feel good. And it reminds me that I'm a person, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a scholar. I was a scholar first. Wow. And so I think, uh, I guess to answer your question, that I, that that's really important to me. I love that. I've, I've had that experience too. I told you I had three. Uh, my oldest mm-hmm. is 24 and then my son's 19 away in college and my youngest is 17 will be going to college next year. And it took a while for me to be like, wait, who is Taria? What does Taria like? Does she like this? Does mm-hmm. she like that? You know, to start dressing right. up again. I'm not just their mom and his wife. I'm Taria. So I appreciate exactly. you saying that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then do you have any inspirations or are you the type that can look at, see an outfit and like it, but say, oh, but I would do it this way on me, like automatically know what lipstick you would wear, what makeup you would wear, what shoes, what shirt? Uh, Sometimes, yes. Sometimes I can look at something and just say, oh my gosh, I love that. I would love, or I tweak it. I make it my own. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. And sometimes there'll be an event coming up. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I want to wear. Um, but then sometimes the outfit will come, you order it and you're like, oh my gosh, this doesn't, you know, I feel scammed, bamboozled. It didn't look like that on the model. And on the run website. Them up. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, when I saw it, you know, um, in a magazine, it didn't look like that. But so it's really just, and then sometimes you get the, you get shocked with something that you thought just was going to be trash. And it comes in like, Oh, this is such a treasure. You know, Mm -hmm. it looks, it makes me feel so good. It accentuates my hips or, you know, it makes Mm -hmm. me look like I have a slimmer waist. (laughs) Um, and so I, um, it's give and take. Sometimes it it is, it works out or I I visualize in my head and sometimes it's, and then I, um, with fashion, it's also like, 
have fun with it. You know, there aren't really many rules like the other day for, um, you know, Candace's album release. Like I threw on like a, a green boot, Loved you know, it. with um, a purple skirt. And, you know, for me, it was just, I knew I was going into an environment where it was fun. I wanted to mm-hmm. be fun, flirty, you know, a girl's yes. night out. We had such an amazing time um, with the ladies. And so also um, it helped set the tone too. Yeah. Whatever event you're attending. I, I think so too. Cause you can tell again, if someone's not comfortable or like when you go out with friends and one doesn't like their outfit and they just won't loosen up because they don't feel exactly. like they look good versus exactly. when you feel like you look good. What's that old song? Like, boom, when I step in the room, that, that's like, you. I can mm-hmm. hear that like playing, yeah. you know, when you walk in. So I appreciate no, when that. You, when you look good, you feel good. Um, yes. And one of the things, and when you feel good, you do good. You know, um, yeah. And, yeah. And so um, I I love it. I love one of the it's therapeutic for me. Yeah, it, it so really is. Do you work out? And if you do, are you like that with your gym clothes? Because I would go to the gym looking any kind of way as long as I was clean and yeah. smelled good. I didn't care. And my husband is very much. He wants the knee socks. He wants the yeah. he has the under armor and I get him this. So then he was like, I, let me buy you some stuff, basically. So right. I realized, though, oh, OK, I do like because I've been I mean, ever since I was younger, involved in sports and weightlifting teams and all that. So, you know, working out, then you have kids, you stop, go back and forth. But I never cared about how I look. So he made me right. kind of like care a little bit. And I do feel like I do a little better. Absolutely. Yeah. So in the past, when I used to work out, I just try to keep it like black leggings or gray leggings, you know, cause mm-hmm. you can match it with any type of top and it'll work. So usually just a tank top and like a legging situation. Okay. Um, and like, I always keep a black athletic shoe cause you don't have to think too much. Yeah. Um, and so, and then when all your leggings are black or gray, you don't have to think too much on the top, like anything yeah. could go with it. But now I'm going to actually start working out next week. I okay. um, have, have, a. Uh, amazing trainer that I met through Robin. Robin connected us okay. um, with her. Um, and uh, you actually would have saw her on, on the first episode. I was, was going to say, I was going to ask you what that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I was ask and so we're going to start, she's going to get me into shape starting next week. But I did, it's funny you asked me that question. I told myself that I am going to buy nice athletic wear because that's going to set the tone for my workouts. Like if I walk into it, feeling good, feeling mm-hmm. confident, then I'm, I'm going to give it my all. And so I, I, that is actually on my to-do list this weekend. <laughs> See, yep, so I, I'm, I'm so, it's so funny. You ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yet, uh, y'all look like y'all had a fun kettlebell workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was at that time. I was like, um, <laughs> what are we I'm doing here? here for this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not in the workout space. Like, and then we worked out and I was like, huffing and puffing like and it's already cold so the air right, you take it's it. freezing and um people have a misconception like if you're naturally slim like you must work out like no I'm probably like the least fit person you'll ever meet <laughs> but that's gonna change I think okay. um, the pandemic has really shown us the importance of you know staying fit and being healthy yes. um you know you have to take care of your health and so I'm making me a priority. And by that, I'm, that's why I, I made this commitment to myself um, to, uh, to get it. a trainer and see how fine I could get before my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> when is your birthday? Uh, December 30th. I'm a Capricorn. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's my son. He is January 10th. So he's a Capricorn. My husband uh, is a Sagittarius. So I kind of know a little bit about things. So I just know yep. I'm an Aries. And whenever I tell somebody, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Then I, I guess you already <laughs> like, know. What me. does that mean? <laughs> right. So yeah. I love that you talk a lot about your heritage mm-hmm. when you do interviews before we've seen you on the show. I, especially with the time that we're in now, because growing up for me, it was you're black, but it, we were yeah. never segmented. It, you know, you had white people who were French, this, that, but when you're black, you were black. And I remember my kids asked mom, why don't we have traditions? And I mm. thought about that. And I said, because a lot of us don't know where our families came from. Did they come over? Mm. Were we already over? So I love yeah. that you talk about your heritage and your culture and your traditions and everything. Mm -hmm. So was that something that your parents made sure to do, or was it something that you picked up by watching them still keep the everything, you know? Um, So that's a very good question. Um, My father was very intentional um, growing up on instilling our rich culture and heritage within us. Um, He always told us to be proud of where we came from. Um, you know, taught us about the history of Ethiopia and how, you know, we should be proud that we came from, you know, kings and queens. And, um, you know, this is what your grandfather was like. This is what your great grandparents. And it was it was very powerful um, and it really helped set the tone um, for the pride that I feel now within my country. However, when I was growing up, it wasn't cool to be a child of an immigrant. Um, So there were a lot of times where I would get this knowledge at home. Um, And I would, you know, really was taught to be proud. But then when I'm out in the outside world, it's, you know, I'm getting made fun of because my parents have an accent or, oh, um, you know, I would be called African booty scratcher or names, you know, like very, very hurtful names, you know. And oh, um, and at the time when I was growing up, there were uh, there was a famine going on in Ethiopia. okay, And so they were showing a lot of. I want to say maybe like UNCF, like commercials, you know, where you would see like the bodies of very, you know, skinny, you know, it was just very sad of what was Mm -hmm. going on. And I would get, I would go to school and they would tease me, you know, because I was naturally slim, like, oh, you know, are you, you're um, probably starving, just like, you know, the people back home, you, you know, in your country and, oh, such hateful things. And so I would literally, um, my, I would try to, I guess, hide the fact that I was Ethiopian. And it's sad that I had to deal with that at such Mm -hmm. a young age, especially growing up in Seattle, Washington, where, um, you know, we don't have a a big, a diverse community. But I remember even I would come home crying and my father would always tell me, you still be proud of who you are. Do not allow other people to dictate how you feel about yourself, about your heritage and about your country. Um, And that was really important to me. And he, you know, still till this day, and he always instilled in me, you know, you are beautiful, you are worthy and that. um, And so I'm excited now and I'm happy to be able to share my culture um, and my heritage with the world in hopes that, you know, there are little Ethiopian kids Mm -hmm. at home or just children of immigrants from any country growing up. You know, we're a country filled with immigrants who could see me and say, hey. If she yes. could be proud of who she is, that I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be proud of who I am too, mm-hmm. because you know we all have a history. 
Yeah, we all have. Um, we all should be proud of who we are and where we come from. I love that, and I, that's good because it'll continue you teaching your children, and then them teaching right. their children. Absolutely. You know, so Absolutely. it won't it won't just kind of like fade out now. With them coming over, your parents coming over, because they both came over as teenagers, right? Like 19. Uh, My mother was 18. 18. um, And my father was 29. Oh, so he was okay. So he was 29. So when they came over, they, of course, probably wanted to, to some degree, adopt, not necessarily assimilate and get rid of clearly their heritage, but, but to, I guess I'll, I'll say, um, not even a doubt, maybe assimilate to mm-hmm. the culture that was over here. Growing yeah. up, was there ever a conflict, meaning your dad instilled in you all of this, all of these things about your heritage and, and to be proud, but you maybe fought against it a little other than trying to hide it, but maybe kind of fought against mm-hmm. it because yeah. it's hard when it's a totally different type of precepts and Absolutely. all that, you know? Yeah, I... For us, like almost every Sunday, we would go to my uncle's house and we just, you know, we have dinner, we have breakfast together. Well, it was more brunch after church. You go over there and we really just spend the day there all Sunday. Right. And then on Fridays and Saturdays, we I would work at my parents restaurant. My parents um, owned the first Ethiopian restaurant in Seattle. Wow. Um, And so for me. I wanted to be out with my friends on Friday and Saturday. I want to go, you know, to the movies. I want to go to the football games. I want to go to the basketball games, you know, but in our culture, you know, we all work together. Mm-hmm. And so having to, and at the, you know, work, I want to say as long as I could remember, I was working at my parents' restaurant at a young age. Wow. Um, and that's just what we do. You know, we, as a family and a little bit, I did despise them for a certain, um, at one point. But, and then I would have to, a lot of times call and, cause I'm the one who doesn't have an accent when I speak, okay. you know, if there's like a miscommunication mm-hmm. or just something as small as like, you know, maybe a bill that came that needed to be disputed or something was wrong or, yeah. um, I would call and, you know, cause the feedback is different when, yes. unfortunately, when it's someone who sounds like an American mm-hmm. or doesn't have an accent talks to them versus someone who does have an accent. Um, and having those responsibilities at such a young age, I appreciate it now because it's made me who I am. But at that time, um, you know, I didn't really understand it. Um, and I didn't always want to be, you know, the family person, right? Why do I have to spend so much time with my family? You know, (laughs) like, as you know, in middle school and high school, you want to spend time with your friends, like you want to do spend time with your family, but I'm so thankful for that because it's made me, I'm so close to my family. Like, I love the relationship I have, my, not just my parents, like my aunts, my uncles, okay. um, both of my aunts on my dad's side came and stayed with me for a month after I had Jonas. And really, you know, they, we took, they were like a, a shift for, so wow. almost for about five months, I had help in the house. One of my aunts came for a month. Then first my mom came for two months. Then my aunt came for a month Then my other aunt came for two months. Um, and so that's, that's just our culture. You know, yes. when, when someone has a baby, that's what you do. You come in and assist. And so I'm so thankful to, ha- and it wasn't, you know, oh my gosh, they're invading my space. No, it was, it was like, like, you welcome it. You yes. love it. And it's the best feeling ever. Um, when we get, we don't just get together for holidays, just having, fa- you know, we come over and 
always just eating together, drinking mm-hmm. together, you know, laughing. Um, I mean, ultimately that's really what, you know, what life is about. Yeah, it, it, it is. I love to see when brothers or sisters are close, when cousins are close. So my husband has five other siblings. There were six of them and two of them live. Uh, one lives in Colorado. The other one lives in Mississippi. So the one in Mississippi, he has a boy and a girl that are about the same age as my two youngest. So I would make them when they all got phones, text them every Saturday, we would have an alarm set, text them, ask them how they're doing, because I didn't want them to see each other and not know each other. It's like y'all are right, family. Yeah. Y'all should be close. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my cousins are my sisters. They yes. were both my maid of honor, my matron of honor at my wedding. And my, my brother is my best friend. We talk about any and everything under the roof. My two um, youngest, and and yep. I love that, you know, we're, we're all one. Um, we're, we're very close and have a very strong bond. I'm so thankful for that. It's did your parents, as far as family with you and your brother, cause I, I'm always very interested in, in how parents uh, kind of not maneuver, but siblings have, they can have contentious relationship. People feel like, because mm-hmm. it's blood, but we are right. all still individual people. So for mm-hmm. me, I always said in my head that growing up in the house, my kids, y'all will be close. Y'all will like each other when you get older. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. So I always made sure to kind of have them together, do things together, not to the point where my son, my daughter became my son's responsibility. And now him, he's in California. We're in Maryland. He's away Mm -hmm. at college. She talks to him every single day by FaceTime, by text. And I love to see it. So were your parents that way in facilitating relationship with you and your brother? Oh, yes. There wasn't a single birthday party I was allowed to go to without having my brother there. And I'm like, (laughs) the invite is for me. Why can't I just arrive? You know, why does he have to be, you know, he's like the extra gift. I'm like, you know, why do I have to bring along my, you know, the luggage, the luggage. Right. But (laughs) then eventually in your Um, friend circle, they automatically know like a scholar's coming. Oh, her brother's coming too. Right. And I was, it was embarrassing, you know, when I would grow up. But like I said, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And similar to your kids, my brother and I talk every day and we talk, there's nothing that we don't, we talk about everything, you know, and he has a very close relationship with my husband. And back when he, you know, he was in a serious relationship. I had a very close relationship with her too. And so it's just, um, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. It's good to see. I've always told my kids. Don't let anybody come in between y'all's relationship, even me and your dad, because y'all are definitely not coming in between ours. It's like y'all won't mm-hmm. play us against each other. So that's good. good now, one. you left Seattle, West mm-hmm. Coast, all the way on the other side of the world and came to D.C. to attend Howard. What mm-hmm. made you just pick up? Because that's not like eight hours, 10 hours, right. 15. It's a date. Look, parent, folks parents can't come pop up. It's like a three day trip. I know. I know. (laughs) So what made you do that? And were Um, you afraid? It was two things. So initially I think it was, I I grew up very, um, because my parents, all they really, they didn't grow up here. So what they would associate with, you know, teenage gatherings were at the time raves were a really big thing. Yes. And they were on 2020 all the time. Um, <laughs> and it was people dying from overdosing mm-hmm. and parents not knowing, you know, I just sent my daughter to a party thinking everything was fine and, and she doesn't sh- come back. Mm-hmm. And so anything high school, like dance, high school party related, that's what they said. So I was literally like in the house sheltered. 
And so when it came to college time, it was like, hold on, this is my time to get away, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I, um, my parents didn't even know I applied to Howard on my own without telling them. Um, and so I applied and Howard was my first acceptance letter that came by back. It, I applied to Howard. I, applied, I actually, my parents' top choice was the university in Washington. Okay. It was like 15 minutes down. From right. Absolutely not. I actually <laughs> tore up my acceptance letter from them. And so I know. So this should be a message to parents. Do not overshelter your kids because yeah. they'll turn to be like, you know. Um, but so once I got the acceptance letter from Howard, then my father was supportive. He said, if this is where you want to go, okay. let's go visit. And so my father and I came to D.C. I'm a high school senior. And I came on the campus and they gave us like a whole tour. They had a full day set up for us. And oh my gosh, he, I fell in love with the yard and he fell in love with like the academics and everything. You know, I'm like, oh gosh, it's like amazing women, fine men. Like, oh. And it was like a warm spring day. I'm like, holy. It was chocolate city this for real. Like, Right. And these, everyone is so well-spoken and there's people Mm -hmm. from all different cultures. You know, there's Africans, there's Caribbeans, there's people from Maryland, there's people from California. Mm -hmm. You know, they introduced us to Alaska where I didn't even know there were black people, you know, (laughs) and we're there too. Yes. I mean, we're everywhere. I know it sounds crazy, but I wouldn't have thought, I mean, you know, I can't. And I just, it was, a magical feeling. And like I said, Seattle didn't have much. um, We don't have a huge African-American population. Mm -hmm. And so this was so surreal Mm -hmm. um, and I loved it. And so after that, I think my father ended up paying like my registration fee right then and there. Okay, Um, And I I went back with like a Howard T. We went to the bookstore. I got a Howard. (laughs) I bought my mom like a Howard mom shirt. And I was, you know, I got to brag once I got back to my high school. Right. Like, like I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's how um, I got on Howard. Uh, I got to Howard and it was literally the best decision I ever made. I made lifelong friends, um, literally like brothers and sisters. Mm. And it was just being in an environment where you don't for four and a half years, I did not have to worry about being discriminated against. I didn't have to worry about, you know, would the color of my skin get in the way of any of the decisions that I'm making or that are being made against me, you know? Um, And more importantly, it was a brother and sisterhood. We are all in this journey together. We're trying to help each other succeed. We're pushing each other. We're at late night in the libraries together, you know, um, studying. We are just, you know, encouraging one another because we all have the same goal. And I met so many people until this day, so many amazing people that are all over, you know, doing, doing their thing and just so proud of all of my bison. Well, I have to tell my daughter because she was very much AC, um, HBCU down, but now she's moving from like history to political science. So now she's looking to see what schools are. So now it, it was Howard consideration, Princeton, like different mm-hmm. types, but she, but every, from the time she was little, my friend would say, you were raising a black Panther. I'm just telling you, <laughs> you know, but what you said about stepping on campus, I remember the college I went to because growing up when we watch movies and you see the college life parties, you didn't see people that look like us, maybe the one or two, but you didn't really see 
movies and shows focused on black people going to college, then we get a different right. world. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, that's what we yeah. could look like going to college. And I tell my mom and I've, I told my dad, I will never forget the dorm that I lived in in college was a majority black students. Okay. And I remember walking through the lobby and seeing black people studying and I just mm-hmm. can't describe the feeling. It was, it just felt Powerful. so good because I yeah. went to school with majority white yeah. kids. So mm-hmm. to see us, same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My middle school was, my elementary and middle school were predominantly white. Mm-hmm. My high school was like the most mixed, but it was like <laughs> 20% black. <laughs> but the sad thing is, I was probably in my honors classes and my AP classes, I would always be the only black kid. And so to see people that look like you, that have the same goals as you, that want to push themselves academically, but still, you know, we want to look cute, be fashionable. And, you know, I could be, I could still strive for an A and still come, you know, serving a look and still want to party on the weekends. You know, it was just an amazing, amazing, magical time. Yeah. I told yeah. my daughter, I said, when I went to school, I went to school with people from, I was, I'm originally from Jersey. So I went to school with okay. you from Jersey, New York, Philly. And my group of friends said, I don't care how late we stay up. We're wearing clothes to class to So I'll never forget. We were out one night and had to get up that Monday morning. Three of us slept in a college dorm uh, mm-hmm. bed because two of us didn't go back to our room. We went back to the friend's room. And we got about two and a half hours of sleep. And my girlfriend was like the mom of the group. Get up, everybody go yeah. get dressed. And we went to class with clothes on, you know, yep. hair done, all of that. So yeah. I appreciate I used to wear that. wear my heels to class. You see me in my heels. Yep. Yes. Strutting yes. across the yard. <laughs> so then when you got there, it was, it felt so good that it wasn't a culture shock for you. No, no. Okay. It, um, it felt like home. Okay. It really did. Um, it felt like I was meant to be there. Okay. And I think that's what really helped with the transition. And I immediately made friends. I want to say we had freshman week, the week before you start school. And during that time, mm-hmm. um, like I met one of my girlfriends who we literally live 15 minutes down the street from each other now. And our <laughs> kids are, you know, very similar in age and we still hang out. Um, they were just in soccer together. Okay. Um, and you meet, you know, it's it's just such a warm environment. Environment, okay. Um, that I I didn't. There wasn't a culture shock. Yeah, I didn't okay. feel it. Okay. So now, I loved how you talked about j- briefly on the show, and you said you were an educator, and I was screaming at my me, my husband. He watches with me. I was like, I knew it. I knew. <laughs> it was what you major now? What people may not know about you guys uh, about you is not only is she fashionable guys. And um, she can read. She majored and graduated with a bachelor of science degree in biology with a minor in chemistry. Now that's an industry where not only is there not a lot of black people, there's definitely not a lot of black women. So what drew you to that industry at first? Yeah. So if I'm being completely honest, biology and chemistry was not um, my passion. Okay. I was following in my, my parents' dreams. They wanted me, okay. you know, Ethiopian culture, you're either a doctor a lawyer or an engineer. Those are like the three fields that are okay. You're now deemed successful if you're one of those three. So I said, okay, well, I need to be successful because you know my parents did all this, coming to this country, um, you know, creating this life for me. 
and sacrificed so much for me. Now this is a time where I pay them back. And so I did it. And then once I graduated, I went into a deep, deep, like identity crisis. Like, cause then I told my parents, okay, I'll take a year off to study for the, cause I was going to go to dental school. I'll take a year off to study okay. for the DAT. And during that year, I just couldn't motivate myself. I was working at a school that I, um, I was tutoring at while I was um, at a school in Southeast. I was a tutor there while I was in, in college. And then once I graduated, they offered me a full-time position. So in that year, I just loved my job. I loved right. connecting with my students. I loved the bonds that I was making. I started to, I guess that's where my love for education and being an educator came from. And so my parents would ask me, hey, how is, you know, studying for the DAT going? <laughs> How's that going? And then it came time to now, okay, the year is almost over. And one day I just had a breakdown with my dad and I just, I was like crying and I was like, this is not what I want to do. I did it for you all. And I did it to make you happy, but it's not my dream. It's been eating me up alive. And this is not what I like. I was literally like boohoo crying. Wow. And my father was like, oh my gosh. Like, cause at first I couldn't even get it out. I was just crying. Right. He was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? What's wrong? So when I finally got it out, he said, my only goal for you is to be happy. Do what makes you happy. And when I tell you, it felt like, wow, I get emotional now. I'm just even thinking about it. All you want is, you know, as a parent, now that I'm a parent, you just want your kids to be happy mm-hmm. and find true happiness, you know, and, and often, and I don't even think he really understood the amount of pressure they put on me. I don't think he understood that because I was just trying to repay them, mm-hmm. right? Like you guys were amazing parents to me. I just want to repay you and be in a, what I thought was an amazing daughter to them. But in all actuality, an amazing daughter to them is just living my true, being my true self. And doing what makes me happy. And he loved it. He was like, I see you striving in education. I see you, you're a great educator, you know, giving back to the community. Um, And uh, his support meant the world to me. Yeah. You saying that it's, it's as a, as a parent now, all you want is for your child to be happy. Also, Mm -hmm. we know that we were once, well, we still are our children of parents and all we want is for them to be proud. So I can see why you didn't tell him. You're like, I need to do this. I want him to be proud. And I just text my son the other day. It was like four o'clock in the morning here. And it was one o'clock in the morning there. And I text him so he could get it when he woke up and he answered back. So I'm like, why are you up? So he Mm -hmm. was like, well, it's fraternity night and we got to vote and all this stuff. I was like, oh, okay. So I just asked him, how are you? Are you Mm -hmm. still liking California? Are you like living in your apartments? And do you like the school? And he said, yes, I'm making more friends and I'm really happy. And Mm. I've always tried to teach them whatever you want to be. We support you as long as you are putting some work towards it. If you want to take off a year and backpack through Europe, have the best time. Now you're going to work or go to school when you come back, but it's your choice. But so to hear your dad say that, I know that meant a lot. And yeah, yeah. Um, And then for him to support my next venture and almost every venture since then, my parents have been very supportive. Um, It's really, does it make you happy? Um, What are you getting from it? Like, are you meaning, is it feeding your spirit? Mm. Um, Even with my decision to join, you know, the show um, I wanted to, like I said, I want kids to look at me 
and mm-hmm. to say, if she could, if she could be here, then I could be here too. I didn't grow up seeing, you know, child, a child of an immigrant really on TV. Mm-hmm. We barely saw people of color, you yes. know? Um, mm-hmm. And so yet alone a person with, you know, my parents didn't have anything but the clothing on their back when they came mm-hmm. here. And if they could make it and then they could, you know, then, and I can make it, then you can too. Um, and that's really what it's, what it's about. I was going to ask you that not to get, of course, not to get into the show, but we all know the reputation, right? That certain networks mm-hmm. have, you hear about a love and hip hop, or you hear about the housewives, mm-hmm. or you hear about, you know, TLC, you kind of in your mind already figure out what you think it is. Were you nervous to join the housewives based on how people depict it? And with your culture, like, were you afraid mm-hmm. that you would, Im- not that you would embarrass them, but that your parents would feel embarrassed or your yeah. brothers? Um, No, because, you know, like my girlfriend, Robin, she was already on the show right. and she, you know, she's an amazing person. Um, And so, but, you know, if you look on any given, you know, there's always pros and cons, right? Yeah. And even in, in true life and, you know, meaning at home, um, we you mother Teresa could get backlash, you know, like it could be anybody (laughs) and you'll go on the internet, you'll Google, you know, mother Teresa and you'll see somebody saying, why did she have to be so kind? That's fake. You (laughs) know, it's like, what? Like how, how can you say such a thing, you know? Um, and so as long as you are comfortable and confident with who you are, and this is, uh, and I prayed on it, um, which was first and foremost, but, um, the answer to, I feel as if though my life's purpose is so much bigger than any type of negativity that may come. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it's, you know, well, there's 5,000 amazing things that can happen. Why focus on maybe the five that you think are not, and that's just with anything in life, you know, um, my goal every day is to show up as my true and authentic self mm. and to inspire people. Um, and through that, I may have people that don't care for me, or I may not be, you know, their cup of tea, but you know what? It's fine. It is completely fine because even if I change or have an impact on one person's life, yeah. then that would have been all that's that that's all. Wow. It's, it's worth it. And it would have yeah. been worth it. Absolutely. It would have been worth it. Um, because really, you know, when we leave this earth, we're not leaving with our bank accounts. We're not leaving with our jewelry. No, nope. we're not leaving. It's really about how many people's lives did you touch? Yes. And how did you make people feel? And um, are you giving permission to show up as themselves? As how do you, you know, and that's really what I, why I decided to join. Um because I want um, to be able to impact other people's lives and inspire. Um, And honestly, like what you see on TV is what you see in day-to-day life, you know, like you see nothing is foreign. Right. In in a group of girlfriends, especially with strong personalities, anytime strong women come together, you're not going to always, it's not always going to be rainbows and unicorns, you know, and that's just the reality of life. Um, and, you know, we may not handle a situation like you may, but who, who does, you know, yep. we all have, everybody handles situations differently. And ultimately, you know, we're, we're human. Yeah. Um, and you, you'll see us, you know, make mistakes. You'll see us um, work through them. Um, but ultimately, you know, we are, um, it, it's, all, it's about sisterhood. 
That's what, yeah, I like that. There's something you said that stuck out to me that, uh, but before I say that, I do, I want to say how you said, you know, you'll see us make mistakes and you'll see us handle things. We may handle them differently. It is very easy to say if that was me, because I've done it before. I'm sure you've done it before anybody, but you don't know until you're in any situation, how you would handle that situation. It could be a situation where growing up, you've always said, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. And then you're confronted with it and you've done, you do exactly what you said you wouldn't do. So, and the other thing you said was you want to be in a position to allow others to show up as their authentic selves. And that's one of the first times I've heard that because sometimes we can get so caught up within ourselves. We'll say, I just, I just want to be able to show up as my authentic self. And it's, well, you're showing up that way, but are you allowing other people? So you saying that that's a big thing. Yeah. Because, you know, like I, back to what I said earlier, growing up, I thought the only way I could be successful was if I was a doctor, a lawyer or an engineer. But now I know that, you know, kids watching me on TV are going to say, hey, well, maybe I can, you know, go into education. Maybe I can, you know, be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can go into fashion. You know, there's so many different other fields. Um, Hey, if if you want to be a janitor, be a janitor. You better be the best janitor there ever been and start a janitorial company, you know, Um, do, you know, and it's, it's really um, it's really about how, what do you love to do? Um, and what are you passionate about? Um, and not necessarily fit feeling like you have to fit into mm-hmm. what stereotypical, what, what society tells you, you have to be, have to be. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. All that is going to stick with me. And especially you said, <laughs> allowing people to show up who they are. I, I definitely really like that. And then you answered my question. My next one was going to be, how did you pivot from biology to working with children? But you answered that. So what was it about working with children? Because I'll say this. I have always said that I believe teachers, my aunt is a teacher. My cousin used to be a teacher. My girlfriend is an educator. And there's something special about people who work with children. And I give it to y'all. I feel like y'all need to be paid teachers as much. (laughs) And I'm not just saying this as much as athletes, because Mm -hmm. I get to pack my child up. Yeah. And send them to you for six to eight hours. And then let's not forget after school activities and then receive them home. And then if you don't know the answer to a question, some parents go ask your teacher tomorrow. So mm-hmm. y'all are special to be able to deal with all those different personalities that were planted in children by their parents. So yeah. what was it about working with kids that just you knew that was it? Um, the feeling that you get after when you go home and you're like, I've made a difference. I poured into that child. Um, For me, it wasn't, I've helped break down something that they didn't think they could understand. So now they're feeling empowered. Oh, a student that hated math. Now that I've completely broken it down to them, they're like, oh, I'm starting to like this, the confidence. When they come in and, and you notice that something's off with them and you have a, you pull them aside and you say, what's going on? you know, tell me what's, and they tell you their story of what's going on at home. And, you know, you help them navigate through it. Um, and you help them sometimes, you know, they would have animosity or hate towards maybe their parent for a certain, um, situation. And, you know, you're like, Hey, you know, I was, the, I was you at one point, but hmm. they're, they're doing the best that they can, um, you know, and helping them see that, helping them work through, you know, teenage issues. Um, and 
really feeling like day in and day out, I want to make a difference. I want to pour into um, kids. So I want to be the person that I wish I had when I was growing mm. up. Um, and that's priceless. Yeah. You know, when you have, when you know that you are inspiring, you are pouring into, you are sh- seeing, sometimes your, your students don't even feel seen. You know, um, I, I see you. I recognize you. I value you. You are important. Um, and I will make sure I create space for you to feel important. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's just priceless. And that's what drew me to education. And, uh, you know, through, I, I started off as a tutor. Then I was a life skills counselor. Then I was a teacher. Um, and then I became an assistant dean and then a dean. As I was working my way up, um, I, I started to really understand that there were systematic issues um, that needed to be addressed. And so that's what helped also. And I, I know you didn't ask this, but why I pivoted um, to the nonprofit space now. And I work um, in K-12 advocacy, um, just advocating for students um, in underserved communities in D.C., in the education space. Okay. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I've always, I, I didn't know that I was going to be passionate about it, but once, um, I started working in that space, um, I, you know, I found passion. <laughs> you knew that almost like stepping onto the campus of Howard, you knew yeah, like absolutely. you were home. Exactly. You were exactly. Home. Yeah. I, well, I'm starting to feel like it's because you're a teacher. So you kind of know where things go. Cause I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. working <laughs> in the inner, with inner city kids, but it, mm-hmm. it makes it easy for me. I'm like, Oh, well, she answered it. So oh. I know that you uh, probably have to go see so that you have your uh, beautiful family there, but I'm, mm-hmm. I have about two more questions. Well, about two okay. and a half, I'll say questions, but I'm going to lump two in one. So you okay. worked with children and you worked with, uh, underprivileged kids and you, you got to know all type of kids you you had you were able to help them feel seen so clearly kids gravitate towards you mm-hmm. I'm sure right so mm-hmm. you meet your husband mm-hmm. Dre you've been married since 2018 yeah. um, and he had two children from a previous relationship now I'm going to skip mm-hmm. ahead because you talked about how it's almost it was a integration like and you consider them your bonus children you know every, yeah. every integrated do you think outside of the influence of their mother and your family around you? Do you think that you working with kids maybe had something to do with that too? So you felt more of an ease versus someone coming into that situation, never really having dealt with children before? Absolutely. Um, You know, unfortunately, sometimes the students, my students that I would work with, because of the circumstances that were going on at home, they were sometimes I would say mute as a burden, you know, but to me, they were blessings. You know, every student that walked through my door was a blessing. Mm. They taught me, sometimes they would be like, you know, you taught me so much. No, you've taught me. Sometimes it's not, you know, what we learn algebra or, you know, excuse me, what we learn in the classroom. It's, um, or, you know, our multiplication tables. It's, you taught me about compassion. You taught me Mm. about humility. You taught me you know, about empathy and you, they literally, like I have students that call me their second mother, um, you know, that would call me mom. Wow. And that wow. did really help with, you know, when my husband came 
he, he was a package deal. And our kids are just, they're amazing. They're, they are amazing kids. And I look at them as, you know, blessing, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for them. I can appreciate that because my husband and I met, my daughter was, man, I got to think back. We just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. I'm like, okay, she was how old? She was one getting ready to be two. So mm-hmm. when you are a single parent and you're dating, I know for me, it was very necessary in my mind to say, like, basically, I'm not looking for someone to take care of her. You're dating me. However, right. So I remember she was two. We had been dating a year and she called him dad one day and I froze. I was like, no, 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 that is Mr. Corey. And he said, I'm in your life. I'm in her life. She can call me that. And I said, well, then we got to have a separate conversation because you know what happens (laughs) if things don't work. So I I appreciated him for taking on. He was the one that did the baths and the bedtime stories and all of that. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I appreciate you. I still remember till this day I was out with my son. Um, and you know, somebody said, you know, we were shopping. I was, I can't remember what I was buying him, like clothes shopping. And they said, Oh, is that your son? You know, you look so young to have, you know, um, I can't remember at the time. And I was like, Oh, you know, he's my bonus baby. And then as soon as we left the store and we got in the car, he said, it's okay. You could, you, you could tell them you're my mom. It's fine. He said, and literally like, he was like, yeah. And he was like, you know, and my husband always talks about me. I'm always crying, (laughs) Um, but certain things really just touched my soul and that I still remember, like I said, what store we were in, what parking lot we were in Um, because it, you know, I never wanted him to feel like he had to call me or, you know, like out of respect for, you know, his mom, Mm -hmm. you know, his biological mom, you know, I don't want to her to feel like I'm, belittering her role or, you know, yeah. I, you know, mm-hmm. out of respect yes. for her. Um, but you know, he's like, no, I, I could call both of you, mom, you know, you are wow. my mom. And it was just, wow. Yeah. I, it was, it was beautiful. And I think oftentimes blended families get a bad rep, mm-hmm. um, but it, it could be a beautiful thing. Like having all of, you know, extra people to love on you, you know, really mm-hmm. should just be viewed as something positive. And for me, I have, you know, I have, more people to love on and I have more kids to love on me. Yeah. I was like, going to say, how, yep. how lucky am I? You know, right. that's how I view it. Well, that is, that story just gave me chills. Like, you know, cause <laughs> they think they're just saying something like nice, but your heart yeah. is like, okay, I'm not going to like fall out and cry right here. I'm, yeah. I'm still going to drive home, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so that, and also adults need to understand that kids know, like, even though, you know, you're an educator, but Kids pick up on things and kids know when she, when my daughter would go to her other side of the family, Mm -hmm. uh, one of her family members would try to do this thing where they would say daddy number one and daddy number two. And Mm -hmm. I remember she came to me and said, "Mm, you know, Corey is my real dad because he gives me baths and he reads to me and he spends time. She was five. Wow. Yeah. So it's like kids know, you know, Mm -hmm. kids know Mm -hmm. those things. So I want to ask you if you were last two questions, if someone were to be sitting in front of you right now and they're getting ready to get into a blended family or they're already in, not that you necessarily tell them exactly what to do because we know all situations are different, but what advice would you give someone on how to blend families? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I think first having an open and honest conversation amongst the parents, because stuff gets messy when we, we don't have any conversations with the kids about adult conversations with yes. them, I would say. Yeah. And you will never, ever find me ever bashing my kid's biological mother, mm-hmm. ever. And that's not whether they're here or they're not here. You know, she has given me two beautiful children. How dare I ever in any space talk mm. bad about her? You know, that alone, I'm so thankful for. And really going into it with that mindset. And then if, if need be, like utilizing counseling, family okay. counseling is a great resource. Anything that you can and not giving up, because ultimately it's the kids that are affected by bad relationships amongst um, blended families, you know, and when your child is an adult, do you want them to look back and say, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy this environment Mm. or I have all of this hate and animosity because my parents couldn't act like adults, you know, like, no, you don't want them to say that. And so really put your pride aside and work through the issues because we can all live and coexist and have an amazing time together. Yeah. Loving on each other. Wow. I like, I like that. Have you ever thought about counsel? just, but have you ever thought about doing like family counseling or. Uh, meaning do I need to go to. No, no. Like be you being the. <laughs> I should have made that more clear. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm going to rewind that y'all. I'm going to start over. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought about going, pursuing that route of family counseling or even counseling for children, because clearly they understand you and you understand them. I've um, thought about um, doing not only just family counseling, but also like marriage, um, doing some type of creating some type of space where uh, people could just have open and honest dialogue um, and having some type of workshop um, where families or even, you know, husband and wife could work through some things in a safe space. Because ultimately, I mean, we, we're all going through the same stuff. People are just scared to be open and honest and talk mm-hmm. about it and do the work. And so, you know, if we lead with love, we could, there's no mountain that's too big for us to climb. Right. And like you mm-hmm. said, I think during the work part, people forget because they get to where they're able to talk about it and now they feel free. And it's like, and after talking about it, there's still exactly. work to do. Right. And I'm going to yep. say this. You can just blink twice. The audience listening doesn't have to know. But I, think, <laughs> I feel like this is why the way you are very, and I'm not going to say measured because measured means you're careful about what you say. So I'm not going to say it in that way, but you're able to assess the situation that mm-hmm. I see on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Is it nine? I hope I got that right. Eight. But eight. Okay. So, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Delete. Corey, when you edit this, take that out now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you're, I noticed that sometimes people will talk and try to jump in a situation, like in life in general, because they mm-hmm. want to feel like they have a voice in the situation for whatever reason. But I noticed that you're very quiet. And then when you do speak, you always reference something. So it's not just mm-hmm. like you do this, you do that. And my dad taught me that growing up. He said, when you yeah. are in an argument or defending, you don't just say, you always do this. You always do that. You got to get a reference point mm-hmm. when you did X, Y, and Z, and then you did X, Y, and Z. So basically now I'm confronting you about X, Y, and Z. So I noticed right. with you, you'll be very silent, assessing a situation. And then you Boom, dead on. Do you think right. that comes from teaching? You can blink once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. I mean, who wants to just jump into something and say, you know, you, you need to sit back sometimes and just assess and see and not really go based off of, you know, what somebody told you about a person. Like, I want to get to know people. And this is just, you know, all the time, like, get to know you for who you are, see the dynamics, see, you know, really understand your character mm-hmm. before I speak on something. Uh, we appreciate yeah. that. We as viewers appreciate <laughs> that. I peep that. Thank and I, I'm going to say this is will be the last thing I say about this show. I mean, young Lessa Scala continues, but no, I appreciate how <laughs> You went in and were open to relationships with everyone, even though your friend may not necessarily Mm -hmm. be close with everyone. You came in still open to receive everyone. And I think the audience appreciates that. Yeah. And I, you know, and Robin also said, you know, get to know the girls for yourself. Like this is, you know, what I think about so-and-so This is what I think, but you get to know them Mm -hmm. for yourself. And I mean, I'm, I'm my own person as well. Yeah. You know? I am going to like, this is not high school. Right. You know, I want just because, right. you know, you may not mesh with someone we may mesh mm-hmm. and I'm not going to just completely cut them off or, you know, not get to know them because maybe you guys, your experience is your experience. My experience could still, you know, could be completely different. Different. Yeah. And that's fine. And I will say, you said earlier that Robin is an awesome person. And I will say she's an Aries and back to the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> so am I. So, no. <laughs> so we are yeah. good people. And, and I'll say this too. It's nice to hear you talk about Robin in a space of friendship as viewers watching. Sometimes you do wonder, do they know each other? Did they really? So it's nice yeah. to hear you talk about it. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. You have a degree in bachelor of science minor and uh, with a minor in chemistry you're an advocate for children. You work alongside your husband in his business with his role mm-hmm. as a director of talent and influencer relations of fan base. You're a mm-hmm. standout. And I have that in bold. You're a standout <laughs> friend of on the Real Housewives of Potomac, who I need to hold a champagne glass. I just added that, um, which is a <laughs> ma- um, And you're on a major platform and it takes up quite a bit of your time while you're raising four children. So you're doing all of this you've got through school, you pivoted into a totally different career. You're making a difference in the lives of children and viewers alike. So I want to know what's next for Ascala Davis. So right now it is October 1st, 2020. Let's fast mm-hmm. forward to October 1st of 2025. If you had mm-hmm. to congratulate yourself and actually 2026, I'm gonna give you five years. If you okay. had to congratulate yourself on achieving something, what would it be? So if your current self was congratulating your future self on mm. achieving something, what would it be? And it could be, maybe you bought another house. Maybe you bought property. Maybe mm-hmm. you became a counselor. Hint, hint. No. Mm-hmm. But what would you be <laughs> finding inner peace? What would you be congratulating yourself on achieving? Yeah, I would congratulate myself and staying true to myself and finding out whatever is fueling me, whatever is making me happy in the moment, I'm allowing myself to do that. So right now I am enjoying tapping into my fashion. You guys, I have to plug. I do have an online clothing boutique that I'm getting ready to launch. Yeah. A look by a Scala. So follow me on Instagram and I will be launching that pretty soon before the end of the year. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So all of you moms, um, women, uh, you don't even have to be a mom, just women that want to feel comfortable 
in their own skin. I will be having, you know, signature pieces that, you know, every woman needs to have in her closet. And I, I want to branch. Um, I want my, my brand to branch out. And I have a lot of things in the works with that. Okay. Oh, I'm excited about that. I will be congratulating myself for following and pursuing my dreams and um, making a scala a priority. And, you know, now I'm really loving the, the, the lane that I'm in, but next year, maybe something else, you know, and year five, I just want to make sure that whatever was driving me, whatever is the fire within me, that I'm listening to that and I'm lighting it and I'm continuing to water myself. And for me, you know, giving back to my community is always going to be there. That's just naturally who I am. I grew up and saw my parents always giving back as well. And so I want to have an impact on my community in my local community and nationally worldwide. You know, I feel as if though I've been giving this blessing, these blessings, and it's my duty to, you know, give back. And definitely I would love to have had expanded, you know, a foundation of giving back to women, to children back home in Ethiopia. You know, that's really what it's about. The impact that I'm making on people's lives. I love that. I, I look by a scholar when, as you were saying that and talking about making an impact, I could see you. And I'm just going to tell you what I see. A look by a scholar is not just physical. It's changing the mindset too. So when you, when you have a look by a scholar, you have mm. changed from the inside out and your outlook is now different. Mm, I love so that. I, 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 it just gave, I was like, Oh yes. Cause yeah, sometimes you yeah. do have to start with the outside in order for mm-hmm. You to kind of on the inside. Absolutely. So I, I literally could see you helping someone. And then by the time you're done giving them the look, they've like spilled their whole life story to you. And you're like, all right, well, we've developed a plan. This is what yeah. you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. so I really look forward to that. Now, is it going to, um, do you think it'll eventually become brick and mortar or for right now, your main focus is online? Um, right now, my main focus is online, but we'll see, you know, with the environment, I think that we're in online is where I, where I feel the most comfortable. Okay. And then my last recommendation is that you come out with an Escala red lip. (laughs) I've been getting so many people reaching out to me about my lipstick. I love it. Yes. Yes. You have to do that. I'll take notes. (laughs) (laughs) So Escala, although everyone probably already knows, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Because I must admit, I get inspiration from watch, like looking at fashion and ideas. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I could do that, but I could do this or I could do that. I told you, y'all, y'all know how I say I come to the podcast and I did a lip for our girl today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you everybody know where they can find you and where you're, where we can find your look where, you know, that's absolutely. So you can um, follow me on Instagram. It's my first name, A-S-K-A-L-E, then Davis, D-A-V-I-S. So at Ascala Davis, find all of my looks on there. I will be announcing on my Instagram. Also, same name on Twitter. I'll be announcing our launch date for a look by Ascala. And then you can find it at a look by Okay, And I'm putting my bit out there that if she happens to do a launch or something in person, I am in Maryland. And yeah. if she wants media there, you know. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, thank, thank you. you so much. No, thank you. I want to say, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know y'all are all watching Scala every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which would be like 
I don't know specific three hours y'all can figure it out. So we will talk to y'all later. Bye, guys.